0: You're listening to The Spiritual Awakening Show. I'm your host, Brent Spirit, and this is part 15 of the ongoing Kundalini Awakening series. Today we're talking all about Kundalini and dreams. Now before I get into that, I just want to remind you to check out the other parts of this series if you haven't already. I've got some very important fundamental principles and practices to help you get through your Kundalini Awakening journey safely and smoothly. Visit brentspirit.com for more free content, to contact me with any questions about your kundalini awakening process, or to find out about meeting with me one-on-one. You can also check out the video recordings of the Kundalini Awakening series on my YouTube channel under the name Brent Spirit. So now, let's talk all about kundalini awakening and dreams. Enjoy the episode. So right from the start, I just want to let you know that though some may have an attitude of dismissal or minimization towards the idea of dreams, if you ask me, I think they're very significant. The fact of the matter is that we don't know what dreams really are. Together as humanity, we've been to the moon, we've been able to clone animals, we're able to do all sorts of complicated things, but still we don't know what dreams really are. Every human being spends a very large portion of their life sleeping and, of course, dreaming, and yet we still don't know what dreams are all about. Just let that sink in to lay the foundation of the open-minded attitude that I'd like you to have as we go through this episode today. It's like nobody really wants to talk about the fact that every night we have these far-out experiences that can't be explained that seem to have incredible meaning and they seem to be really mystical at times and yet we don't know what they are and we just go about our days pretending like you know we, we didn't have these wild experiences just, just the night before but like I said dreams they are very significant I don't have all the answers and I'm not here to try and say that I do but I think that they are meaningful they're not just something to be dismissed and uh, you know ignored I think that's something to be explored and uh, I'd like to share some of my ideas with you about that today. So, you know, we shouldn't say, oh, that was just a dream. When somebody has an experience, maybe you have an experience that seems very uh, powerful or transformative or insightful, we don't need to dismiss those experiences by saying, oh, that was just a dream, whatever. That's like saying to somebody who had a very significant psychedelic experience, oh, that was just drugs. Well, maybe if you've experienced psychedelics, if not, you can certainly look around. There are many, many people who have, who've had very significant experiences on psychedelics. And so it wouldn't be fair to say, oh, that was just drugs because these experiences change people's lives. And what's interesting to note in this same vein is that the same compound that contributes to our dreams is also one of the most powerful psychedelics known to us, which is DMT, dimethyl dimethyltryptamine and so just want you to start to look at dreams in the same line as psychedelic experiences as these mystical experiences that we sometimes have as a result of our kundalini awakening or our spiritual development maybe in meditation maybe as a result of doing yoga and whatnot dreams are up there with these very uh, notable experiences and they're nothing to be dismissed so today I want to hash out a little bit of my ideas about what I feel dreams might be about. Like I said, I don't have the full answer, but within the context of the Kundalini Awakening process, I've had some very significant experiences, some realizations, some intuitions, and I've done some research as well, and I want to share a little bit about that with you today. So within the dream state, we're often in a state of minimal resistance, and therefore we're able to be receptive to guidance And experiences that our system needs to have in order to go forward with our transformative healing evolutionary journey in relationship with the Kundalini. So this is why in a dream, whether you're having a Kundalini awakening or not, you might be able to live out some of your fantasies. You're able to manifest those fantasies within the dream world because you're not in a state of resistance. And it's the same way in the waking life in terms of how things manifest. If you're not in a state of resistance, you're able to enter into the flow state and you're able to attract the things that you desire and live out your fantasies in real life. That's what things like the law of attraction are all about. But of course, in our waking life, our ego is a little bit more rigid and we're a little bit more fearful. We're a little bit more controlling. And of course, that leads to us being in a state of resistance. And so things happen much more slowly in terms of their development and unfolding when we think of their manifestation. But like I said, within the dreams, we're able to be much more receptive and things can happen more quickly because we don't have as much resistance. So I've categorized dreams in a few different ways for myself, and I want to share those categorizations with you. I think they might be useful. Not every single dream is going to fit in one of these categories and there may be some overlap, but it's just a general way that we can look at these dreams Uh to make sense of what we're experiencing, especially within the context of our awakening journey. So firstly, I'd say that there are some dreams that are somewhat meaningless. Uh, They're important because they are the way that our mind releases uh, the momentum from thoughts and processing earlier on in our day. So if we're spending a lot of time doing a certain activity or thinking about a certain topic, our mind will continue with that momentum into the dream until that momentum is depleted, until those uh the energy that's fueling those thought patterns runs out so that's why sometimes we'll have dreams that are just kind of completely random or they're meaningless or they're chaotic or they're kind of like we're just dreaming that we're doing the same repetitive task that we did uh, during the day for example those dreams might not have any sort of clear themes or experiences or events but they're useful because it's how our mind unwinds a little bit and releases that uh, that momentum But next, we have dreams which I would call learning dreams. Now, within learning dreams, there are experiences that we're given which are kind of like live action lessons. So these lessons can't really be given given to us in the waking life because, of course, of of many reasons, there's a time delay as well. There's also the limitations for, you know, if if life were to give us certain lessons, it might um, disrupt the other unfoldings that we have going on within our life. So the dream becomes a safe, convenient place for us to go through these lessons that were given to, uh, you know, right when we fall asleep, for example, and we can go through them in a very efficient way. And the lessons that we learn carry over, over into our waking life. So within the dream world, we can be thrown into one of these learning situations quite instantly. And uh, I have an example here. So I once had a dream where I was in my bedroom and all of these very dark, spooky looking people were trying to enter to my bedroom one at a time. And they had made a lineup down the stairs to the front door of my house. And then that lineup extended all the way down the street. There are all of these people trying to enter into my bedroom. So when I woke up out of this dream and I contemplated it for a second, and I received the insight and the lesson that I need to maintain proper boundaries of my space, my energy, my time. So within the dream, I wasn't enforcing those boundaries. And people were lining up to come to me in my room and invade my space. And it was a very exaggerated, almost like a cartoon way of my higher self, my kundalini, my intuition, my subconscious, whatever, trying to tell me, hey, Brent, you need to work on your boundaries. So after kicking in this insight, I made a conscious effort to work on my boundaries within my waking life. I told myself that, yes, even though I'm a light worker, that doesn't mean that my energetic space, my aura, my time, and my energy is available to everyone at all times, no, no matter what. I told myself, it's okay for me to have healthy boundaries. In fact, it's necessary if I want to be able to uh, maintain my own well-being and be able to, to do this work. I need to have boundaries. So I began to practice this um, th- throughout, throughout my waking life course, is something I'm still working on, but uh, I, I made some progress on that front. So then, a short while after that, I had another dream in which I was in my house, and the doorbell rang, and so I opened the door, and there stood two gigantic, eight feet tall men wearing these really big trench coats. They were very very intimidating. They looked like characters maybe out of like Harry Potter or something like that. They were they were very very scary to put it to put it blind. they were both like the size of hagrid for example and they knocked on my door when i opened the door they asked for me now they didn't recognize that i was brent they said hey we're looking for brent so i immediately shut the door in their faces and i was scared in this dream i was very scared these two big guys are coming they're looking for me but then i remembered that i'm the light and this is another practice that I was working on was remembering that I'm the light. And by default, the light is more powerful than the darkness because of course there, there is no darkness. Darkness is just the absence of light. And if I remember that I'm light, well then darkness has n- no grip on me. I have nothing to fear. So just keep that in mind, whenever you encounter a dark being, for example, whether it's in a dream, in meditation, maybe you have some sort of encounter with an entity as a result of your awakening, just remember, You're being of light. Anything dark can be uh, lit up by the brightness that you radiate. And that alone will be enough to protect you as well as to guide them along their way on their journey too, because they are also on an evolutionary journey. Uh, They may be just at a very, uh, very, very earlier stage than compared to you. But anyway, I am going off on a tangent there. So anyway. I remembered. I'm the light. These beings, these two guys, they cannot actually hurt me as long as I remember who I am. So I found a sense of confidence. I opened the door and I said, I'm Brent. I'll talk with you. Let's go outside. So I walked outside and I met them in the street. So they're on the street. They tried to attack me, but it was a dream, of course. So I was able to fly up and they couldn't reach me. And we had a little bit of a battle. I killed one of them. And then the other guy, he got scared and he ran away. It was all pretty exciting. But the lesson in this dream, in my contemplation, I realized that it was a continuation of the first dream that I had earlier, which I mentioned about boundaries. So I didn't let these two guys into my space in the same way that I let all of those other people in the first dream. I met them in a neutral space, which was on the street. And of course, like I said, I remembered that I was a light. And in re- remembering who I am, I couldn't get drawn into a state of fear and make myself vulnerable to whatever sort of psychic attack I was under. So that's just one example of what I would call a learning dream in which the lessons translate over into the real world as well. So then there are some other types of dreams which I would call healing dreams. So once again, due to the lack of resistance within the dream state we can undergo intense feelings very rapidly that would be very difficult and time-consuming to undergo within the waking state. So remember that things are accelerating on the planet in terms of our ascension. So the universe or our higher selves or our kundalini is taking advantage even of the dream state to make all of this healing and transformation happen at the rate that it's meant to happen. So you might have a healing dream in which you encounter a figure Which you identify to be some sort of healer and they either offer you some sort of healing maybe they tell you to do something with which triggers a sort of purification process or maybe you have an experience in which you're able to go through a release of pent-up emotional trauma conditioning and pain so for example i had some dreams in which i was very sad and i was crying about something and that was kind of a release which maybe i wasn't able to have that sort of emotional release in the waking life for whatever reason Maybe the most obvious reason is that it's maybe I'm emotionally stunted and I'm not able to cry so easily. But in the dream, there's less resistance. So I can cry and let things out a little easier. Um, maybe there are other dreams where I was feeling guilty about something. So there was immense guilt and I was, uh, you know, processing that guilt and the Kundalini was, was um, metabolizing that guilt, digesting that guilt, burning it up. And in in part of that process of burning it up, I had to experience it, I had to to feel it. So maybe there's a dream where I'm feeling very guilty or angry or jealous or whatever it is. So it's important to know that these emotions that we're experiencing in the dream world, they're not necessarily coming from nowhere. It's not like they're just manifesting within the dream instantly out of nothing. These are emotions that we've been carrying within us the whole time. They're emotions that are lodged within our chakra system, within our nervous system, within our psyche, within our memory, within our muscles. So it's just that now within the safety of the dream, we're able to release these pent up emotional, uh, this, this pent up emotional baggage. And once we wake up for the dream, after having gone through that sort of release, we're actually a little bit lighter with a little bit less conditioning, a little bit less samskaras, as they call it within the yogic tradition. So even though we went through this emotional experience within, within a dream, When we wake up, we still get to live with the benefits. We actually went through a genuine purification, a genuine healing. So another benefit of having these healing experiences within dreams is that they don't have any real-world implications as they're happening in terms of the actual content of the dreams. The healing has real-world implications, but the actual content doesn't necessarily. So I'll explain a little bit what I mean. I know that can be a bit confusing. So what I mean is that you can experience things within the dream world that you would, that if you were to experience in real life, things would get pretty messy. So for example, I had a few dreams in which I found myself in situations where I killed people, okay? Now, of course, I would never do this in the waking life. uh, In my understanding, these dreams in which I became violent to the point of killing people were part of my healing process involving the release and the purification of my nervous system, which was stuck in a state of freeze. So we know that the nervous system can go into fight, flight, or freeze. And when it goes into freeze mode, without having carried out the entire fight or flight process, now the tension lodged within our system is something that we carry around within us. So, for example, if somebody threatens you, you can go into either fight or flight. And if you were to fight, you're able to release all the adrenaline, um, release the the pent up anger, the 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 rage, whatever it is, to defend yourself and attack and fight, maybe even kill, whatever it is. And the fight-or-flight process is able to carry itself out and be released from your system. Or if you're able to go into uh, flight, you would run away. And equally so, your heart is going to race, your adrenaline's going to pump, it's going to get the blood flowing, and you're going to run away. And you're going to carry through that entire process. So it doesn't get stored within your system per se. But if you go into freeze, what happens is those emotions, the chemicals, the stress, the emotional um, tension, doesn't get a chance to be released. It gets frozen because you freeze. So now it's stored within your body. It's lodged. And so maybe when I talk about these dreams where I killed people, maybe what happened was that in my waking life, uh, maybe there were some times where I was under threat or attack and I went into freeze mode. And now I can't really release that tension within the waking life. But I've got to find a way to, carry out that process by either fighting or fleeing and so that can happen in the in the dream world. So in the dreams I experience a full experience of um you know going into a rage and fighting and defending myself, getting angry and allowing myself to experience all of those things without once again without resistance. And of course, like I mentioned, maybe it got so violent to the point where I killed somebody. But of course, we were in the dream. I didn't kill anybody in real life. It was safe. It's a safe place for us to have these very intense, dramatic, uh, emotional releases that, of course, like I mentioned, if they were to happen in the real world, would be very, very messy. Okay. So these are just some ways in which you can contemplate your dreams in order to get value out of them, as opposed to just seeing them as these random, chaotic experiences that have no real meaning. Like I said, if you ask me, I think they're very, very significant. As well, on the kundalini journey, dreams can take on a certain mystical quality too. So you may begin to experience certain spiritual themes, symbols, encounters with divine beings, and maybe even some symbolic encounters with animals. So you may have dreams where you're visiting a beautiful temple or a church in which you're experiencing a deep, very heightened state of consciousness within the dream itself. You may have dreams in which you encounter divine beings who give you some sort of blessing or a message or a healing. You may encounter certain symbols, such as, most notably with the Kundalini Awakening journey, snakes. Now, the way some of these symbols work, if you ask me, I believe, I think, that they are lodged within our unconscious, which is collective. It's a collective shared unconscious that we all have access to, that our are, are, unconscious or our subconscious or our intuition is able to tap into to relay messages to us. So over millennia, human beings have used the snake to represent Kundalini. And so because of so many people using that same uh, symbol to represent Kundalini, it becomes lodged within our collective unconscious to a very, very high degree. And then our unconscious is able to now tap into that symbol and use it to represent uh, the Kundalini itself. So that's why you may have no relationship with snakes, no relationship with yoga, no relationship with Kundalini whatsoever. But suddenly you're having these dreams where snakes are coming, or you're 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 riding a snake, or a snake is chasing you, or there's like thousands of snakes, and it's all coincides with your Kundalini awakening journey. In case you're wondering, you know what does snakes have to do with it? Um, that's what I feel. Snakes have been used to represent Kundalini for a very very long time, and so that's why it becomes an easy way for our subconscious to to access that archetype. Um, Kundalini itself does have some snake-like qualities, right? It's it's coiled three times at the base of our spine in its its dormant state, just like a snake bite, a snake mite. It it moves up the spinal column in that sort of um, snake-like fashion, you could say. There's also some themes of a snake having to shed its skin and be uh, reborn or transformed. Uh, You can also say that snakes are rather... Uh, dangerous and they need to be respected and I like to look at it that way you know we need to respect the kundalini not necessarily fear it but respect it because it's very powerful okay so this is one example of, of how our subconscious or our unconscious is able to use symbols to express meaning to us. Now, this applies to more than just snakes. Um, you may have encounters with divine beings that you maybe have no relationship with. You may have, for example, never heard or seen a depiction of a divine entity that resembles an elephant. And suddenly they're in a dream giving you some sort of uh, blessing or healing or message. You wake up and you think, I don't know who the hell that was. And then later on, you find out that it was Ganesh. Now, how did your subconscious or your unconscious create that that manifestation of Ganesh to translate a message for you? Well, it tapped into the archetype of Ganesh, which is lodged within the collective unconscious that has been imprinted and reinforced and maintained by so many people recognizing Ganesh as a divine being through, you know, of course, devotion, bhakti, chanting mantras, uh, practicing puja to Ganesh and things like that. So that's how I think that our subconscious accesses these symbols and brings them to us. Um, I I know I'm rambling a little bit, but I hope you're getting some value out of this today. Uh, Another example of a dream that I had in which I can recognize some symbology was I had a dream in which I was on a train going very fast. And this train was filled with women of all ages and they were all all wearing very bright dresses. So when I woke up, it was very clear to me that this was a representation of Kundalini Shakti. Now the train was synonymous with a snake-like symbol moving very rapidly across the track. The track was, of course, my spinal column, the Sushamna Nadi, and of course, the women wearing the feminine color of red were representations of the Divine Mother. So to me, when I think of this dream, There's no deeper meaning besides just knowing that I'm in the company of the divine feminine and that the kundalini process is underway. So this is how the kundalini herself or the universe or my intuition or my higher self was communicating to me that I'm within the midst of an ongoing kundalini awakening process. And it was saying to me, hey, have no doubts. Don't worry. This is still underway. Uh, It's another sign showing me and validating my suspicions or any or 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 dissolving any doubt that I might have whether I'm actually experiencing kundalini. These symbols are coming to me and they're pointing to the experience. So another example of a common dream that I've had, uh, now I've probably had about 30 or 40 dreams with this theme. It involves going up in an elevator. So again, this represents the kundalini shakti ascending up the spinal column, ascending up the elevator shaft. And in in some of these dreams, I was taken to the penthouse in a building, and, and then in some of those dreams, I encountered at the penthouse, somebody would open the door, and it would be a very radiant, divine, masculine figure, a divine man. So I would attribute this man to Shiva, and of course, we know that Shiva resides at the crown within the yogic system. So Shakti, the divine feminine, rises from the root up to the crown where she unites with Shiva. And of course, we recognize non-duality, Shakti is Shiva, Shiva is Shakti, and that brings about self-realization. Of course, this dream with the elevator, it represents that the ascension process is underway. The evolutionary process is underway. And I'm moving towards higher and higher states of consciousness. I'm ascending. So I've had similar dreams like this in which I've encountered different uh, known divine beings as well as ascended masters. I've also had some dreams in which I've encountered great healers and very radiant and evolved beings who I didn't necessarily recognize, but they offered me some great healings and blessings. You can also have dreams in which you experience kundalini awakening phenomena, such as having a kundalini rising within the dream, or you can have some sort of chakra opening or activation. Uh, You can also have dreams in which you're given Shaktipat transmission. Now, just because all of this might be happening within a dream does not mean that it's not real, that it's not genuine, or that it's not valid. If you do happen to have some sort of awakening experience or some sort of transformative experience within the dream, they are valid just as if they were to happen in your waking life, okay? Like I said earlier, things are happening very quickly now. Not everybody has time to go and meet a guru and to give them Shaktipat in person, for example. Now we can be given Shaktipat in a dream. And this is part of the constant acceleration that's taking place on the planet as we go through this collective awakening, which we would call ascension. As well, you might have dreams with strong themes of love and devotion for God, with spiritual love. So this is called bhakti in yoga. And so in these dreams, you might weep with bliss. You might weep with joy. You could chant mantras, you can sing, dance. You might even find yourself doing yoga poses. As well, you can also meditate and enter into states of samadhi, which are deep meditative states that involve being absorbed in consciousness. Once again, you keep in mind, all of these experiences are valid and they're beneficial spiritual practices that will have real-world results. So for example, I've had many dreams in which I go into a deep state of samadhi. After that, I wake up into the real world with my eyes still closed, still in samadhi, but I'm awake now. I'm not dreaming. My body, my nervous system is still absorbed in consciousness. I'm still in that meditative state. And so the benefits of the spiritual experience that I experienced within the dream carried over into the real world. That meditative state continues for me at times. And so we can see through experiences like this that the waking world... The waking dimension and the dream dimension, they're not two separate places. They're connected. The lines are blurred a little bit. You might think of our waking life as just an extended dream, extended ongoing dream, and that the dreams we have at night are just shorter. They're of the same quality in a sense. So don't think of them as two separate things. And once again, don't dismiss dreams as being meaningless. So sometimes you might be stumped about how to interpret a dream, and that's okay. If you ask me, I believe that the universe or our higher selves or our intuition or our unconscious or subconscious is trying to communicate with us through dreams in the clearest way possible. I don't believe that it's trying to come across as mysterious or confusing or cryptic. Uh, So with this understanding, just try to look at your dreams and interpret them in the most basic way possible. So what does your gut say about a dream when you wake up? What does your gut say about what it means or what it represents? Just go with that. So for example, with my dreams with elevators, we can boil it down to the straightforward fact that an elevator means going up. And because I was in the elevator going up, that means that I'm going through an ascension process and things are unfolding as they should in terms of my journey towards higher states of consciousness. That's it. It's done. It's resolved. It's interpreted. I don't need to contemplate it more and more. So that's all it really means. There's nothing much to it. It doesn't mean that, you know, God is telling me to become an elevator mechanic or that I should go to a penthouse and I might find somebody there that's gonna be, you know, very spiritual and, and be the, be my guru or something. You know, it's not anything crazy like that. So just look at for the just look for the most very simple, basic meaning, and it's probably that. So dreams, they're also sometimes very hard to remember. They're hard to interpret sometimes, but they're also hard to remember. So when, when we wake up in the morning, Sometimes we have a crystal clear memory of our dreams, but within a minute or even less, we can begin to forget. So to remember your dreams, you can make a practice of writing them down, or you can make a voice note on your phone, or you can text a friend that might be you know, traveling the spiritual journey with you. You can say, hey, I had this dream, and just start texting them and let them know what's up. In doing so, you'll be able to actually remember what happens. But the thing is, you have to do it immediately when you wake up. Sometimes we wake up, we think, oh, that was a really incredible dream. It was so amazing. I'll never forget that dream. And then we begin our morning routine and we think, oh, what was that dream about? And we've forgotten already. That's the nature of it. It just just dissolves very, very quickly. So you can also keep a dream journal in which you record certain dreams. You can also tell yourself before going to sleep, in the morning when I wake up, I'm going to remember my dreams. And uh, you might actually follow through with that on an unconscious level. Uh, You can also keep a dream journal, like I said, and you can look back on some of the dreams and when you're a little bit more astute in your ability to interpret dreams, maybe you're more familiar with spiritual symbology and spiritual traditions and spiritual figures, you might look back at your notes and say, oh, I I understand who this figure was or what this dream was representing or what it means. You can also notice uh, certain themes emerging over time, like I mentioned the theme for me with uh, the development of boundaries or the theme for me with the elevators representing the on ongoing ascension process. <clears throat> so the kundalini awakening process, it's an ongoing 27, 24-7 process once it begins. So of course, if it is really 24-7, dreams are going to be a part of that process. So for that reason, pay attention to your dreams and don't invalidate any of your experiences that you have within the dream just because they're dreams. Remember, we don't know what dreams really are. Nobody does. And if you ask me, some of my dreams have been the most notable experiences of my life and I cherish them. I still remember dreams from seven, eight years ago, uh, maybe, maybe even earlier than that. Um, very, very significant. Some of them even life-changing experiences for me. So I hope that uh, today's episode has been insightful for you. Uh, there's so much more that I could have shared about dreams. We could have talked about nightmares. We could have talked about lucid dreaming. But perhaps in another part of series, uh, in another part of the series, we can explore it a little bit more. So if you find this work meaningful and you'd like to support me, the number one thing you can do is share this work with a friend as well. If you feel called, you can also make a donation that will help me to keep this content going. Uh, you can learn more about that at BrentSpirit.com. As well, you can find some more free content there. There's some blog posts. There's some some other videos. There's the podcast as well. There's a couple free ebooks. Uh, I've put all of that out uh, just for you to help you all going through your kundalini awakening journey, your spiritual awakening journey. It's all there. It's all for free. Check it out, BrentSpirit.com. You can also connect with me on Instagram at BrentSpirit. As well, like I mentioned, you can find the podcast on Spotify and Apple, the Spiritual Awakening Show. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I appreciate your time. I appreciate you sitting with me, listening to all of my ramblings about dreams. Uh, stay tuned for the next episode in the ongoing Kundalini Awakening series. And if you have any suggestions for topics that I should address in relationship to Kundalini, or if you have any suggestions for a guest that I could have on for an interview, uh, somebody that's experienced with Kundalini that might be uh, having a very, uh, very exciting, engaging message, I would love. To hear from you. So until next time, much love, peace.